1981 was a good year for Vangelis, as he also scored a feature film which was to raise his status higher than ever. Chariots of Fire has become his most recognised work, and the music earned him an Oscar for Best Original Score. Possibly the first time an electronic film score had actually won an Academy Award, I'm not completely sure. But one thing is for sure, any running in slow motion would instantly be associated with his music. This isn't the main titles, as you're probably very familiar with that anyway. This is just another part of the soundtrack, from Chariots Fire from 1981. Music from the film Chariots of Fire from 1981. Vangelis's soundtrack albums often differ considerably from the actual music in the film, often being completely reproduced and remixed. But, as Vangelis explains, a record is something other than a film. There have to be changes, not least of all for artistic reasons. This changing of tracks from film to album has made certain Vangelis tracks highly sought after, not least the tracks from his second most famous score, that's the Ridley Scott film, Blade Runner. Although the film was released in 82, the official album wasn't released until 94, and there are still lots of music missing from it. However, this was on it, and it's sort of in keeping with a the theme from earlier. This is Tears in Rain. I've seen these I watched sea beams glitter in the dark in ten hours a game. All those moments will be lost in time. 
like tears. Tears in Rain from the 1982 Ridley Scott film Blade Runner featuring the voice of Rutger Hauer. As Vangelis was busy writing music for films, Jar was busy writing music for supermarkets or rather for a supermarket themed art exhibition that he was commissioned to write the music for. Jar decided that the resulting album would be a one-off work of art also so after a single pressing he destroyed all the master tapes and plates instantly making Music for Supermarkets one of the most collectible albums of all time. It was sold at auction for charity. I haven't been able to track down a, a bootleg of this album, although some do exist, as the album was broadcast in its entirety by Radio Luxembourg, with Jar's permission, and the bootlegs are the recording of, of that broadcast, but apparently they're very poor quality. However, parts of Music for Supermarkets were reused on some of Jar's subsequent albums, for instance, on this track from 1984's Zuluk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Part of Blah Blah Cafe from 1984's Zoolook. As you can hear, the album was quite a departure for Shah as he made extensive use of the new sampler technology in the form of the Fairlight CMI. This resulted in a colder, digital and more typically 80s sound. I do plan to do a program about the Fairlight CMI and possibly the Synclavier as well and early sampling, so keep a lookout for that, but I have no idea when it might be. Vangelis, on the other hand, seemed to avoid the digital revolution, and instead of opting for 80s excess, he produced perhaps his most minimalist album, Soil Festivities. This is the fourth movement. Part of the fourth movement of Soil Festivities from 1984. As Vangelis was toning it down, Jean was keeping his music as big and as bold as ever with tracks like this. Thank you. 
Second Rendezvous from the album Rendezvous from 1986 and a good demonstration of the classical electronic style that I mentioned earlier. There's something that both men have in common. But something else they have in common is that often their music can be quite cheesy. And it's a demonstration of that from Vangelis. Here's a track from 1988 from the album Direct and it seems that the 80s finally caught up with him. The Will of the Wind from the 1988 album Direct. Not all of the album is like that, some other more ambient stuff as well. But it's quite a varied album, but some of it is quite 80s and quite cheesy. Moving into the 90s, Vangelis scored another Ridley Scott film and scored another big hit with a single from it. The film was 1492 Conquest of Paradise and the single was just called Conquest of Paradise. Thank you. 
Conquest of Paradise from the album 1492 Conquest of Paradise and the film from 1992. That was number one in several countries and especially popular in Germany where it's currently the 50th biggest selling single ever. Jarre at this time picked up the techno vibe sweeping the world and kind of adapted it to his own style. Originally written at the behest of the Swiss watch company Swatch, this is Chronology Part 4. Chronology Part 4 from 1993. As Jean-Michel Jarre was cranking it up for the dance floor, Vangelis was calming it down for the opera house. Well, not opera house exactly, but the next track I'm going to play has some opera-style singing in it. But thinking about it, it is quite surprising that Vangelis hasn't written an opera, as he obviously loves the sound of the human voice, and he has written several music for plays, and even two ballets. Perhaps he's just waiting for somebody to come up with a story and write a libretto for him. Anyway, in the 90s his style became pretty much classical and with a general lack of drum track or obvious rhythmic element. This is the fourth movement from the 1998 album El Greco.
fourth movement of El Greco from 1998, and it was about the uh, famous Greek painter El Greco, and apparently he wrote it to make money to keep some Greek artworks within Greece. Also, not to be confused with the soundtrack he wrote to a film about El Greco a few years later. That particular track featured Montserrat Caballé on vocals. Uh, speaking of vocals, in 2000, Jar did his first vocal album, Metamorphoses. It's quite a mixture of both styles and collaboration, and this track in particular shows the definite influence of French band Air. Love, Love, Love from the 2000 album Metamorphoses, Jean-Michel Jarre. And that track also featured the quite shameless use of a preset from a Roland JV-1080, which is an excellent synthesizer, by the way. This is something he's been accused of again on his latest album, T.O. and Taya, which liberally uses rhythm and sequence presets from a Roland MC-808. There's been two explanations put forward for this. The first is that he originally wrote the presets for Roland, as he has entered into a partnership with them. The second is that the Roland commissioned him to produce a promo album based on the MC-808, but then pulled out after a couple of months and decided not to release it. As he retained the copyright, he decided to put the tracks on his next album. So it's, but it's really a bit of a grey area as to what exactly has happened there. Here's one of the offending tunes from the cartoon character Love Affair themed album, this is Chatterbox. 
Chatterbox from Tio and Taya from 2007, which uses quite a lot of stuff from Roland MC808 preset number 173. Still quite like that tune because he's finally got rid of the heavy chords in the background, which he tends to put on all his other tunes. Recently, both men seem to have been taking a fresh look at classic works of theirs. In 2007, Vangelis released a three CD Blade Runner box set. The first CD was the original soundtrack release from 94. The second was more music from the film, including tracks written for the film but that didn't make the final cut. And the third was brand new material inspired by the film and featuring elements of the original soundtrack along with recordings of some of the directors that he's worked with in the past. The third CD is quite a departure from his other noughties works, which were again mostly orchestral, as it features a lot more electronic manipulation. This particular track features the voice of Alexander director Oliver Stone. downtown from the 2007 release of the three box set Blade Runner box set thing. Um, you can see a full transcript of the, that and other Vangelis lyrics at vangelislyrics.com. It's quite interesting reading some of the things from that latest album. As Vangelis was revisiting Blade Runner, Jarre was revisiting Oxygen. 
Here it explains why. Uh, the first time I recorded it, it was more or less in my kitchen, in uh, the first ever home studio, I think, when I was just uh, in my debut. And, and uh, I was okay with the music, but I always felt a bit frustrated with the, the sound quality of the recording. And I said, one day when we'll have the high-definition sound that we have today, I would like to, to replay the old, the old uh, piece with the original vintage instruments from the 70s, but but with a high-definition sound to, to, to record the piece. And by doing this, I suddenly re realized that these instruments in the 70s, these analog synthesizers, are legendary in, in instruments such as at the same level as the Stradivarius for classical music or the Fender or the Gibson for rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 in, it's uh, amazing to think that a violin player in 2007 is still dreaming about one day playing on the Stradivarius, an instrument that has been produced in the 17th century. And it's the same phenomenon with those instruments that they have a fantastic potential. They have a, a, a very poetic aspect, very sensual, very, very uh, organic. Indeed. Well, I haven't got the new master recording of Oxygen. Plus, it would be a bit pointless to play it on this because it's going to be compressed to actually go on the internet anyway. So, instead, I'm going to play something for another recent Jean-Michel Jarre release. And I've mentioned that his music is very orchestral. And in 2006, uh, somebody adapted it for orchestra. This is from the album The Symphonic Jean-Michel Jarre, and this is the Industrial Revolution Overture.
an orchestral version of Industrial Revolution Overture from the original album Revolutions. That's from the symphonic Jean-Michel Jarre. It's a bit of a hit and miss album. Some of it works as orchestral, some of it doesn't. That's nearly it, but there is one final similarity between the two men. They've both had astral bodies named after them. Asteroid 4422 Jarre and minor planet 6534 Vangelis. It could perhaps be concluded from that that Vangelis is more highly regarded as he has a planet named after him rather than just an asteroid. I would say in conclusion that it seems to me that Jarre is very much led by the technology, whereas Vangelis leads the technology to where he wants it to go. Anyway, to wrap up, I'm going to recommend one album of each artist. For Vangelis, I think that should definitely be Blade Runner, and I think the, the new box set is definitely worth checking out. And... The obvious one for Jean-Michel Jarre is Oxygen, and that is probably his best work. And to backdate that slightly, I would say that if you want to check out a Kraftwerk album, one that you should own is definitely Autobahn, and all the Kraftwerk albums have recently been remastered and re-released. And for Tangerine Dream, I would say it's Rubicon you should have. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and thanks in particular for those that sent me money and encouraging emails, particularly Ron Sparks. Um, if you'd like to send me an email, um, just email me at shekel at hotmail.com, S-H-E-E-K-L at hotmail.com. And if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so using that email and using PayPal. Um, there is also a MySpace setup for this that I keep forgetting to tell people about. It's myspace.com slash a history of electronic music. Or if you want to list some of my music on MySpace, it's myspace.com slash shekelspace. Um, I'm, as usual, I'm going to try and speed these up. I'm going to try and do one of these every two months, but other things often get in the way, so we'll see how that goes. Next time, I'd like to finish the part on Brian Eno. Um, because last time I only looked at his ambient works and it'd be nice to get that out of the way and also at the same time look at some Technopop pioneers the Yellow Magic Orchestra uh, future shows will include some film music from the 70s and 80s um, disco uh, possibly combined with electro and sort of roundup of the new age kind of things like Klaus Schultz and Manuel Gottsching with some interesting stuff to listen to so keep listening um, I'm going to finish off, rather than with finishing with the usual theme tune, I'll finish off with uh, another Vangelis track. And as I played an orchestral Jean-Michel Jarre track, I'll play an orchestral Vangelis track. Um, this is from a charity shop vinyl that I picked up somewhere. And it is, of course, the Charity Fire main titles. But this time, played by the London Philharmonic. Goodbye.